Hey, Grown Up Friends, a big thank you to so many of you that have already bought my new book, Launching Financial Grownups, Live Your Richest Life by Helping Your Almost Adult Kids Become Everyday Money Smart. This book was not easy to write because I had to get honest with myself about what was working with my teen and young adult kids and what was not working. And I also had to be prepared to share it with all of you. So first of all, thank you for your support and your wonderful responses to it. There's definitely some things in there that you may not have been expecting to hear. By the way, I got a lot of help from my money expert friends and also financial therapists and parenting experts. I am really happy with how launching Financial Grownups came out, even though it really was hard to be like I said, that honest, and um, it was a lot of work, but I really love doing it, and I'm really happy with how it came out. On that note, if you have not already, please pick up a copy of Launching Financial Grownups today. After you do, please share it on social media. Please leave a review on Amazon. Those reviews are super important because the algorithm picks up on them, and that can make the book a lot more visible to more people. So I truly appreciate it, and I really also appreciate all of your support. That probably means that it got lucky one year, but uh, over three or five years, uh, not so much. It's like a basketball player. A basketball player might have one good year, but over five years, if they're not good, eh, not so much. You're listening to Money Tips for Financial Grownups with me, certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, author of Launching Financial Grownups, because you know what? Grown-up life is really hard, but together, we got this. Welcome, grown-ups. This episode is one I have been wanting to do for quite some time for all of you. We're going to answer the questions so many of you have been asking about investing in ETFs versus mutual funds. Now, an ETF stands for Exchange Traded Fund. Whether maybe in some cases it makes sense to have both in your portfolio, for example, to serve different needs at different times in your life for different purposes, different goals. My guest is Mario Payne. Mario not only runs his own company, Tomes Financial, he also has launched his own ETF. The symbol is Let B, L E T B. I also want to point out, and this is important, that Mario is a fiduciary. He is a certified financial planner. That means he is someone who puts the needs of his clients first, something we grownups know to always ask for. In our interview, Mario and I cover the differences in investments that go into ETFs and mutual funds, basically how they work, how decisions are made, what the flexibility is of each one, what the downsides are, the pros and the cons also regarding how expenses work and what to look for when you're making a decision. We also talk about taxes and how the different vehicles fit into your investing and retirement goals. And most importantly, you need to stay to the end for this. We talk about some very scary and potentially expensive red flags that we all need to watch out for, especially some that, frankly, I had never really thought about. Here is Mario Payne of Tomes Financial and the Let's Be ETF. Hey, Mario Payne, you're a financial grown-up. Welcome to the podcast. I am a grown-up. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. 
Well, I invited you on this podcast because you are an expert in ETFs and you're going to be giving us some tips on ETFs and how we can all better invest, invest with our eyes open and really understand the difference between ETFs and mutual funds, as well as other kinds of investments. A lot of people don't really know a lot about that. So first of all, you were very much in the ETF business. This past February, your company launched an ETF. Tell us more about that. It's on the New York Stock Exchange, by the way, the symbol. I like this too. L-E-T-B, let B. Tell us about that decision and sort of what's involved in setting up an ETF because a lot of companies would really just go with a mutual fund. You chose an ETF. We launched our fund February of this year. We've been doing the same strategy in my practice uh, since 2019 as the market continues to go up before 2022, of course, you know, we had some great returns for our clients. And as we launched, it was great because as the market was going down, our clients in our side our ETF have not been affected as much in a negative way. So, yes, there's still losses. Uh, nobody knows but God the future. So we don't know from a day to day basis how your money's going to grow. But if we're able to have your money grow consistently and not have the dips of the market, then you should be in good shape. And, and we hope that our ETF continues to do that. And just to timestamp this, we are recording this in August of 2022. So if you listen to this further into the future, you can at least put it in context and hopefully the market will be up from here. But tell us about ETF. So a lot of our listeners are confused sometimes about why or what is the difference between an ETF and a mutual fund? Can you explain it? And then we'll get into some of the different nuances that people should also be aware of when they're making investment decisions. A ETF is called an exchange traded fund. So E exchange T traded F fund. It's sold actually on the New York Stock Exchange or on the stock market. So it's liquid. If I sell a ETF, it's like selling a stock. I'm able to get my money back right then and there. It's liquid. It doesn't take as many days to settle. A mutual fund is not sold directly on the New York Stock Exchange. It's sold through the company it's with, the fund company. You have what you call NAV, uh, net asset value, which is different than shares on the market. So it's not as liquid. If you sell a mutual fund, it can take up to three business days to settle, which means it may take you longer to take the money out of your account after you sold that investment. So that's really one of the differences. Another difference is... From a investment standpoint, the expense ratio. So typically when it comes to an ETF, they historically, not all, but historically they have a lower expense ratio. And an expense ratio is the hidden fee that you pay for that ETF provider to manage and hold that fund. With mutual funds, historically, those expense ratios are a little bit higher. So if I have a higher expense ratio, my performance may not be as good. If I have the same, let's say $10,000 to make the math easy, and I have one ETF that has an expense ratio of let's just say 1%, and I have a mutual fund, same investment, same performance, but that expense ratio is 2%, well, that 1%, which would be $100, is less than $200 with the mutual fund. So all things being equal, my ETF will perform better with the same investments than my mutual fund because the expenses are not as much. So those are are really the, the two big differences between an ETF and a mutual fund. So I was on the debate team in high school. I was actually president, very proud of it still. I'm going to throw a debate question your way. What you've said so far basically makes the case saying, ETFs are a slam dunk, so much better, right? They're cheaper. You can access your money better. 
but Mario, a lot of people still buy mutual funds. Make the case for mutual funds. There must be some advantages. Yeah. So it is advantage. I mean, you're definitely diversified. So a mutual fund is a pool of investments. So think about a swimming pool. If we have 100 swimmers, we might have 90 swimmers that are doing great. They're freestyling. They're doing the backstroke, breaststroke. They're doing all, all types of swimming moves that the average person cannot do. And then you might have five swimmers that are not doing good at all. So a mutual fund manager will act as a lifeguard. So he or she will take those bad swimmers or bad stocks out of that pool. So the thought process is if we continue to take out the bad stocks or bad swimmers out that pool, then my mutual fund is going to grow. And since it's diversified, if I have enough good and not as many bad, then even with the market going down, hopefully your mutual fund does not go down as much as the market. So that is the case for a a mutual fund. Also with the mutual fund from a retirement planning standpoint, so if you have a 401k, a 403b, a deferred comp retirement plan, those mutual funds offer target date funds. If I am 40 years old per se, and I want to retire when I'm 60, I might get me a target date fund that's in the year 2040 or 2045. So that mutual fund on a quarterly and annual basis changes the way that investment in that mutual fund is invested to be where your age is. So as I get older, it's going to be more conservative. If I'm younger, it's going to be more aggressive. So that allows you not to have to check your balance on a database basis, not look at the market, not make changes in your 401k, your 457, because that target date does it for you. So those are some advantages of a mutual fund. So it sounds like there's legitimate reason why the costs are higher. And it's just a question of what your priorities and your needs are which kind of investment vehicle you're going to use. So with a mutual fund, you've just explained how the manager can make adjustments based on their judgment on how different stocks are going to perform. Is an ETF managed at all? Can someone come in and make adjustments or is it set in stone sort of what's in it is what's in it is what's in it? That's a great question. So you have two types of ETFs. You have passive ETFs and you have active ETFs. So the passive ETFs are things that are like a S&P 500 ETF or a NASDAQ or a Dow Jones ETF where it just mirrors what the index is. So the S&P 500, top 500 companies in America, there are different ETFs that just pick those five stocks and they just let it be. So since this passive is not being managed, no one is picking up one bad stock, putting in another good stock. So if the index is down, you're down. If the index is up, Mm -hmm. you're up. It's not being managed. But then you have active ETFs and our fund, let be that is an active ETF where it is actively being managed just like a mutual fund. So if it's good stocks, great. The bad stocks that are inside that ETF, then you know, that ETF manager, he or she is pulling those out with our ETF, let be it's automated. So we have proprietary systems that automatically pick and choose what investments from a stock standpoint are going good. We put those in there, what investments are about to go down. And we hope to take those bad investments out that ETF before it happens so we can maximize your gains and minimize your losses. So depending on what type of ETF that you have now, Typically, a passive ETF, since it's less management, it's going to be less. The expense ratios on a passive ETF are very, very low compared to an active ETF. An active ETF, those expense ratios that you don't see, but they're there, they're going to be a little bit more. If you do not sell 
any shares of a mutual fund or an ETF, do you sometimes pay taxes if the manager is selling the assets inside, if they're switching out the different stocks that they have, the different holdings, and there are capital gains within there? How does that impact your taxes year to year and your cost basis of it all? Yeah, great question. So two part, right? So from a dividend standpoint, if that ETF or mutual fund is paying you a dividend, then yes, you will receive a 1099 if it's in a non-retirement account. If it's inside a retirement account, like a Roth IRA, traditional IRA, 401k, then no, you're not going to receive a 1099. But if it's not a dividend, the only way that, well, let me take that back. If it is a dividend, then you will pay taxes. If it's not a dividend, then no. So what happens is that if the mutual fund manager or the ETF manager in an active ETF mm-hmm. are making changes, you know, that's kind of built into that expense ratio and they, they charge taxes inside the fund. So you will not receive a 1099 or a tax form. So in January, if it's a hundred dollar stock that's bought and in December it's sold for fifty dollars. That $50 gain, you're not going to get a 1099 for because it's inside of that fund. Now, it's going to be a charge, right? It's going to be charged, and that's going to be tied into your expense ratio. Again, that hidden fee that you're paying that you don't see. But as far as getting a separate 1099, because he or she is actively managing your ETF, your mutual fund, no, you will not receive a, a 1099 for that. Finally, I want to ask you, can you discuss the red flags investors should look for if they're interested in investing in ETFs and then separately red flags for mutual funds? Number one, expense ratio. Yes, expense ratio means a lot of management, but that does not mean it's good management. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. if the expense ratio is high, we might want to pump the brakes. That's number one from a mutual fund standpoint and an ETF standpoint. What would be high? Ballpark, what would be a red flag number? Oh, that's tough. Uh, so, I mean, it's it's some mutual funds out there that have expense ratios that could be one and a half to two and a half percent. That's high. Those numbers are high. Yeah. Okay. And there's also different share classes you want to look into as well. Uh, they have when it comes to mutual funds, uh, they have A mm-hmm. shares, they have C shares, they have F one shares. So th- those different shares depends on the price and the cost, right? So some like C shares, for instance, they may be uh, a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. Right. But then a A share, most people don't do upfront commissions anymore, but they do have a share investors where you pay an upfront commission. But then that hidden expense ratio that you don't see, you know, is very, very low. So you want to look at the expense ratio. If you're buying a mutual fund through somebody, you should ask, are you getting a commission? It's fine if they are. You should just be aware of it and okay with it, correct? Correct. The certified financial planner, because I'm a fiduciary, historically, Fee-based is typically the best way to go from a from a just investment standpoint. Yes, uh, it is a fee on an annual basis, but then a person can move from one investment to another, not have to worry about, I charge you a commission, let me wait for two years because I don't want to overcharge you. You really should not be anything commission-based anyways, to be honest. I mean, a lot, okay. of, a lot of brokers firms, not all of them actually waived fees and commissions on ETF sales uh, a couple of years ago when the whole Robinhood explosion came and, and mm-hmm. everybody was going to Robinhood in 2020 and 2019 <laughs> because of, of the no commission. So it really shouldn't be any commissions out there anyways, just to okay. be honest with you. That's my fiduciary hat. Let me take that off and we go back to the mutual fund and ETF expert. Another red flag, you do not want to, in my humble opinion, uh, invest in something unless it has a nice track record, right? So one year track record and a five or 10 year 
bad track record does not mean it's a good fund because every mutual fund and every ETF has what you call a prospectus. It's the legal document that tells you the historical information about the fund, how it's been invested, the managers, what it invests in. And you can also Google fact sheet. So you can also go to Google and Google the fact sheet, which gives you that information. But it tells you the one year, the three year, the five year average. So it might be having a one year average that's very, very good. But then the three to five year average is not good at all. That probably means that it got lucky one year, but uh, over three or five years, uh, not so much. It's like a basketball player. A basketball player might have one good year, but over five years, if they're not good, eh, not so much. So you want to you want to have a consistent good return, uh, and so those are some 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 red flags to look at. Also, funds that kind of invest in the quote unquote hot stock, the new funds that pop up that they invest in hot stocks, you want to watch out for that. Last thing as well, performance wise. You have a lot of ETFs that are called leveraged ETFs. Very important. A leveraged ETF is when the stock market goes up, it goes up double or triple. So if you have a double leveraged ETF, if the stock market makes 1% for the day, that ETF is going to make 2%. That feels great. I've doubled the stock market. If the stock market goes up by 2% for the day, it makes 4%, right? That doubles the stock market. Sounds great. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I know, right? But the bad part about that is when the stock market goes down, you lose double. The stock market goes down by 1%, you lose 2%. The stock market goes down by 2%, you lose 4%. So if your risk tolerance is not aggressive to be okay with the roller coaster down and definitely okay with the roller coaster up, you might want to stay away from leveraged ETFs. And those leveraged ETFs usually have better performance than all ETFs. Because again, they either double or sometimes triple the stock market. Now, if you're an aggressive investor, you have that appetite for diversification standpoint, you might want to look at that for some of your money from an ETF standpoint. But definitely just be careful because a leverage ETF, the performance is great. But this year, right? From January 1st to, to June before the market bottom on June 13th, those leverage ETFs did very, very, very bad compared to the market. Um, so you just want to watch out from a performance standpoint, if that's your your uh, your end all be all, how to make the most money. Leverage ETS will look good from a performance standpoint, but I hope you have the stomach <laughs> doing the ups and the downs. I think people think they have the stomach until they don't. On that <laughs> note, where can people get in touch with you and learn more about you and your ETS? Yeah, yeah. So uh, Google, uh, you can Google Let Be ETF, uh, our social media, our website, www.tomesfinancial.com. Our uh, social media is Thomas Financial. Uh, again, our ETF, you just do literally just Google Let Be ETF. It's on all platforms, Robinhood, Fidelity, TD Ameritrade. Let Be gives you all the information. We have our fact sheets. The great thing about ETFs and funds, they're transparent. So you can see our performance for the year as we you know, did not go down as much as the market, how we invested, how we've been in cash for most of the year. So as the market's been going down, we've been in cash. So you can't lose money when your money's in cash. Unless the word inflation comes up. <laughs> right? yes. I was about to say, we've got a little bit of inflation going on, Mario, but I'll let investors make that decision themselves. Yeah, but literally just uh, Tones Financial on all social media platforms and then let be L-E-T, be as a boy. Okay, my friends, there is something I don't talk about publicly that I have decided to start sharing, even though it can be a bit embarrassing. I get digital 
overload and it stresses me out for good reason, because when you have so much junk on your computer because you're not as organized as you should be because you get caught up in all the things that you have to do, if you don't deal with it, all that stuff on your computer starts to really slow things down and can become a total drag on your productivity. For me, there is nothing worse than finally motivating to get stuff done, only to be derailed by a sluggish computer that is just not cooperating. A little while ago, I decided I was going to stop just kind of hoping that things would get better and I was going to deal with it. I downloaded something called Clean My Mac. It's from a company called MacPaw. I was skeptical, but I took a deep breath and I tried it. Long story short, it totally worked. I loved how I could see it work through my files with clear and easy to understand graphics. I could see what was messing things up and Clean My Mac would ask me for my okay before deleting files so that something I did need to keep didn't go bye-bye. That was one of my biggest fears. I recently reached out to the company and they are offering 10% off to my financial grown-up listeners who want to also get Clean My Mac. To get that 10% off Clean My Mac, you do need to go to my link. It is bobbyrebell.com forward slash cleanmymac. B-O-B-B-I-R-E-B-E-L-L dot C-O-M forward slash clean my Mac. And that is all one word. I promise you, you will be so happy. I want you guys to be in touch with me. Let me know how it goes. You deserve to lower the stress of data overload. Trust me, so worth it. Okay, my grown-up friends, I told you those red flags were going to be eye-opening. So what have your experiences been when it comes to investing in mutual funds or ETFs? Did you get any surprises, good experiences, not so good experiences? I'd love to hear from you. Get in touch. You can DM me on Instagram at BobbyRebel1 or on Twitter at BobbyRebel. Also, I want to help you learn more about personal finance and investing. So get on my newsletter list so I can send you more valuable information. You can sign up right on my website at bobbyrebel.com. Big thanks to Mario Payne of Tomes Financial for helping us all be financial grownups. Money Tips for Financial Grownups is a production of BRK Media, LLC. Editing and production by Steve Stewart. Guest coordination, content creation, social media support, and show notes by Ashley Wall. You can find the podcast show notes, which include links to resources mentioned in the show, as well as show transcripts, by going to my website, bobbyrebell.com. You can also find an incredible library of hundreds of previous episodes to help you on your journey as a financial grown-up. The podcast and tons of complimentary resources associated with the podcast is brought to you for free, but I need to have your support in return. Here's how you can do that. First, connect with me on social media at bobbyrebell1 on Instagram and bobbyrebell on both Twitter and on Clubhouse, where you can join my Money Tips for Grownups Club. Second, share this podcast on social media and tag me so I can thank you. You can also leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Reading each one means the world to me. And you know what? It really motivates others to subscribe. You can also support our merch shop, grownupgear.com, by picking up fun gifts for your grown-up friends and treating yourself as well. And most of all, help your friends on their journey to being financial grown-ups 
by encouraging them to subscribe to the podcast. Together, we got this. Thank you for your time and for the kind words so many of you send my way. See you next time. And thank you for supporting Money Tips for Financial Grownups.